Good day. Hope everyone had a wonderful and blessed week. Today we'll be continuing on in the Gospel of John. Chapter 1 will be covering verses 19 through 28. And the title of today's lesson is John the Baptist Denies Being the Messiah. Before we jump into today's lesson, let's go back last week and kind of review what we learned. In last week's lesson, we, we saw where how God took on human form and he became man. We also seen that John the Baptist enters the scene. And we know that John the Baptist is the one that paves the way for Jesus. We also saw how God made everything in this world. However, this world rejected him, even his people, meaning the Jewish people. In addition, we've seen how God gave the law to Moses. But when Jesus came, you see, he didn't, he didn't come to abolish the law. But he came to add on to the law. See, the law teaches us how to be righteous and how to be obedient. It, it teaches us how to be obedient to the commandments because that's what the law of Moses is. But the law of Moses doesn't save a person. You see, it doesn't save you. <clears throat> the only one that's going to save you is Jesus himself. It's, it's you repenting of your sins, you turning away from the sinful life that you live, turning towards Jesus, believing in him, and trusting in him. And when you do all this, then you're going to obey the law of Moses because you're going to be obedient to the law. And when you sin, because we all going to sin because we're sinners, the first thing you're going to do is repent. Because that's what John the Baptist came for. He gave a message of repentance. He gave a message that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is near. And the only way to get to the kingdom of heaven is through repenting of sins and turning to Jesus and believing in Jesus. You see, Jesus came by the grace of God. And that through faith, that all shall be saved. All shall live with him in the eternal kingdom of heaven. So let's jump into today's lesson. Starting in verse 19, we'll be covering verses 19 through 28. Verse 19 starts off like this. Now this was John's testimony. Speaking of John the Baptist here. When the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was, he did not fail to confess but confess freely, I am not the Messiah. So they asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? He said, I am not. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? They said. And John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am not the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Now the Pharisees who had been sent, they questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John replied, I baptize you with water. But among you stands one that you do not know. He is the one who comes after me. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John the Baptist was baptizing. Let's go back to verse 19. Verse 19 says this. Now as now this was John's testimony. He talks about John's testimony here in speaking of John the Baptist. When the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him 
who he was. Now, when we're speaking about the Jewish leaders, he isn't talking about the sons of Jacob. He's not talking about, in other words, he's not talking about the population in general. He's not talking about the Jewish people here. When he speaks about the Jewish leadership, he's talking about those people who have received and submitted to the traditions of the elders. And these leaders were based in Jerusalem. They were known as the Pharisees. You see, one of the problems when we study the Gospel of John or the book of John is that many times, and don't get this wrong, right? This has brought about anti-Semitism. In other words, it has caused people to have the wrong view of the Jewish people. You see, people think that the entire Jewish population is like this, especially back then, right? Especially at this time that we're speaking about, about the time of Jesus. But this isn't necessarily true. You see, John right here is referring to just the Jewish leadership in general. Particularly, he's pointing out here the Pharisees. Now, we know that there's the Sanhedrin, and under the Sanhedrin, there's the religious leaders. There's the Pharisees, and there's the Sadducees. And we know that the Pharisees, they studied the Torah, which is our first five books in the Bible. It's the Tanakh, the old Hebrew Bible. Same thing as the Sadducees, and we, we discussed this already. But we also know this, that the Pharisees studied some prophets. The Sadducees did not. Sadducees don't believe in the resurrection. The Pharisees do. But the Pharisees, besides studying the Torah, the old Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh, besides studying the prophets, they also came up with man-made laws. And they took those man-made laws and they converted it to the Torah. So they don't only study the Torah and know the Torah and know the prophets, but they also study today these man-made laws that the Pharisees came up with, the tradition of the elders. So we see here that the Jewish leadership right here in this particular verse sent priests and Levites. Remember, there's 12 tribes. One of the tribes is the Levites. And those Levites was designated to be priests over the Jewish nation. So they sent priests and Levites to ask John the Baptist. They say, who are you? You see, John was preaching. He was preaching about the kingdom of God. He was preaching about the kingdom of heaven. And people back then, they weren't talking about this much. But you know what's sad? People today is not talking about this either. A whole lot. Now remember what we learned in last week's lesson. We said that there was a connection between kingdom and righteousness. See, you can't be kingdom-minded and not be concerned about righteousness. Now, we might say, what defines righteousness? You can say that righteousness is Jesus himself. It's Yeshua himself, the Messiah. You see, everything he did, everything he said, his actions, this all manifested righteousness. And remember what we always talk about, that Yeshua, Jesus Christ, he's always obedient. He always was, he is today, and always will be. And the scripture tells us that he was obedient until death on the cross. And remember that Jesus Christ never sinned. You see, a sin is a violation of the law. And us as believers, we all sin. Even though we believers, we sin because we're human. Right? Jesus was the only one that was perfect. And remember, many times when we talk about sin, 
We also talk about maybe a missing mark. And what do I mean by a missing mark? By doing the will of God, right? How many times you heard us preach and tell you about doing the will of God, being submissive and obedient to God himself through his son Jesus, right? But, but how do we know the will of God, you might ask? By just what I said, by being obedient to the Father, through taking on the character of Jesus, which means this, that, that we find it in his word. That's why it's very important to read the Bible, to understand the Bible, right? We, we need to be obedient to his commandments, the law of Moses, right? Now, the law of Moses, again, doesn't save you, but being when you, when you have a relationship with Jesus, when you repent of your sins, then you have a tendency to live a righteous life. You have a tendency to want to follow the commands because once you break those commands, the Holy Spirit pricks your conscience. It pricks you. So what you do, you repent. So, so we have an a, a adequate, I guess, a more accurate uh, description, so to speak, of taking on the character of Jesus and you want to follow the will of the Father. See, those things he says to do and not to do, that's what the law of Moses is. That's what the commandments are. You see, when we violate the law, we're sinners. When we violate the law and don't repent, that is held against us. And remember, Yeshua never violated the law. Yeshua was perfect. That's why when we talk about Him, the Father, sending the Son, right? He came not to abolish the law, but He came to what? To add on to it. In other words, to help us to reach that kingdom of God, to reach the kingdom of heaven. Because without him coming and, and taking on the burdens of the world, taking on the sins of the world, then we can never be saved. We can never enter into the kingdom of heaven. So he had to send his only begotten son to the cross. So what we see here in this scripture is that individuals, they come to John the Baptist because he was speaking and he was preaching a message of the kingdom of heaven. See, John was saying, prepare for the kingdom. And in order to prepare for the kingdom, one needs to repent. So he was teaching a message on repentance. And people, they heard this and they were responding. And, and when the leadership, the Pharisees in this case, when they seen this, when they witnessed all this, they became jealous. They became uncomfortable about what John the Baptist was preaching because they seen all the people that was flocking towards John the Baptist. They were leaving them and they were going into the wilderness in order to be baptized by John. So what they do, they sent priests and they sent Levites out to John the Baptist and they ask him a question. They want to know, who are you? And look at verse 20. Verse 20 says this, he did not fail to confess, but confess freely. He said, I'm not the Messiah. So John tells them that he isn't the Messiah. And remember that John is just paving the way for Jesus. John says, the one coming after me is the light. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is the one. So we see here that John confessed right here that he says, I am not the Messiah. Verse 21, they say, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. They say, are you the prophet? They, he says, I am not. So they ask John, are you Elijah? Are you a prophet? And what he says, he says, no. Finally, they said, then who are you in verse 22? Give us an answer so we can take back to those who sent us. So they want an answer from John. If you're not Elijah, if you're not the prophet, then who are you? 
Because we need to take it, we need an answer to take back to the Pharisees. When they say the ones who sent us, they're talking about the Pharisees here. What do you have to say about yourself, they say, right? And John replied in verse 23. He spoke the words of Isaiah the prophet. He said this, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Now this is very important. You might ask why. Because someone who's under the authority of God, they speak and their remarks is based upon Scripture. You see, we say this quite often. Everything in the New Testament reveals to us, it teaches us, it commands us, right? Everything in the New Testament, all of that stuff is rooted back to the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament points to the cross. The Old Testament points to Jesus. And, and a lot of people say, you know, I'm not interested in the Old Testament. I just want to learn the New Testament. Well, if you just study the New Testament and you don't understand the Old Testament, you don't understand the prophets, then you will never really understand the New Testament. You will never, never get a grasp of, of who Jesus really is, you see? And he says, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. So he's quoting the prophet Isaiah. Now you might ask, why did he choose this piece of scripture right here? Because the term wilderness, when he uses the term wilderness, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. That term wilderness demands dependence. It demands trust. It demands allegiance. Now let's go back to the Old Testament. You see, in the Old Testament, we studied this way back, and I kind of refer back to it every once in a while, that the second generation of Israelites, they made it into the promised land. Why? Because they trusted. They believed. They had their allegiance toward God. They made it into the promised land. But what happened to that first generation of Israelites that left Egypt? They, they all died off before they, even Moses, they all died off before they entered into the promised land, with the exception of two people, Joshua and Caleb. And you might ask, why only these two? Because they had allegiance to God. They trusted God. They believed in God. Their dependence was upon the Lord, was obedient to God. So what the scripture is teaching us is that it's only through repentance, obedience, trust, dependency on God, that we can become recipients of God. Amen? Verse 24, now the Pharisees who had been sent. So we see here now that the Pharisees are going to go speak to John the Baptist. Remember, in, in verse 19, they sent Levites and priests. And when the Levites and priests go back and send them the message that they he's not the Messiah, right? So what happens? <clears throat> they themselves, the Pharisees themselves right here, come to John the Baptist. Now, the Pharisees who had been sent, so we see here that they want to question John the Baptist, and they question him in verse 25, and they say this, why then do you baptize? Remember, John the Baptist is baptizing people in the River Jordan. They ask, why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? Now, they talk about baptism, so let's, let's speak a little bit about baptism. You see, baptism speaks about a change, a change of status, we can say. From that which was unusable by God to now which that is usable by God. So we can say that baptism is preparation. 
It is a change that prepares us for a new reality. So baptism was understood to be a message of change for a new reality. And what was that new reality, you might say? The establishment of the kingdom of God. That's why John the Baptist was preaching about repentance and he kept on saying, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is near. Now we might ask this, who brings about this change? This change is only brought about by one person, and that's Yeshua. That's Jesus Christ himself, you see? So when there's baptism taking place in the wilderness, like John the Baptist was doing, what the leadership believed was this baptism should be done by the Messiah himself. But John says, no, no. I was given the task in order to make people straight, to prepare the way for him. Who is him? The Lord. Who is the Lord? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. And look in verse 26. He says, I baptize with water. That's what John the Baptist says. You see, John the ba Baptist was baptizing people with water. But he says this in, in, in the Gospel of Matthew, which we studied already. He says, but the one coming after me, speaking about Jesus, because remember, he paved the way for Jesus. He says, I'm baptizing with water, but the one coming after me, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go back to verse 26. John replied, but among you, one stands, but you do not know him. So what John is saying here is this. He's speaking about Yeshua, about Jesus. He says, he's here among you, but you see, you don't know him. He's saying, you don't see him. He's saying, you are blinded. See, John is saying, they don't understand what the role and the purpose of Jesus really is. You see, some 2,000 years ago in Judaism, they moved away from the teachings of the Torah. And like I stated a few minutes ago, they adopted what's called the teaching of the elders. And from this, and even to this day today, they still study this, and that is what's called their tamut. Now, these are the basis of Judaism today and, its, and their teachings. And one of the teachings in the Talmud is that Jesus Christ, Yeshua, is really not the Messiah. Right? So when Jesus comes onto the scene, they had the law of, of the elders in place. <clears throat> the teachings of the elders. Right? They had that in place. But when Jesus comes and there's a following towards Jesus, <clears throat> because the Jewish people was responding to what John the Baptist was saying. And when, Ju when Jesus enters the scene, we know this from our studies in the, in the Gospel of Matthew, there's a huge following. The Jewish people, and not only Jews, but Gentiles also, they follow Jesus. And through, their, through his miracles and, and all the things that he did and his teachings, people believed that he was the Messiah. So when Jesus gets crucified, they write in the Talmud that Jesus Christ is not the Messiah. And from that day on, they started teaching that. <clears throat> now remember, they studied the Torah. They studied the prophets. But a big part of their teachings today is the Talmud. Man-made rules. Man-made laws, right? So, so we can say here that because they studied the Talmud, they got away from Scripture, we can see, we can say that it was preconceived purpose that they wrote that in the Talmud to move people away from Jesus, the Jewish people. So what the scripture is telling us here is this, 
that whenever we move away from Scripture, whenever we move away from the Word of God, from the truth of God, from this Holy Bible that we study in here, where we pick apart verse by verse, line by line, text by text, when you move away from Scripture, from the truth, then you're going to find yourself having a problem. And John is saying here that the Messiah is on the scene. But you see, you have it wrong. You're blinded because you don't know he's on the scene. See, John is saying because you don't have revelation, because you don't study scripture, you don't study the word of God, the truth of God, that you don't even know that he's among you. But the problem is that they moved away from the scriptures. They moved away from the truth. And they were taught and they were brainwashed because of the teachings of the elders, the teaching of man. And the message for us is this. Every time that you go against Scripture, you go against the Word of God, and you believe the teachings of man, in other words, the teaching of a religion, then you will be deceived. You will be led astray. That is why it's very important to get in a Bible-based church, to get in a Bible-based Bible study, a teacher that teaches the truth of God, that teaches the Holy Bible. So, so we can see here the Scripture is saying this, that John was baptizing Jews. Now, in the Jewish culture, I want you to understand there's, there's a problem with this. See, you don't do this. There's a, there was only a small group of people in the Jewish community back then called the Essenes that would baptize people for purification, but, but for non-Jews. In other words, they, they were baptizing Gentiles who, won, who wanted to convert to Judaism. So when the Pharisees asked, by what authority are you baptizing John the Baptist? That's what they're asking. Who gave you this authority? Why are you treating God's chosen people like Gentiles? Because John was baptizing Jews in the River Jordan. They were responding to him. They were responding to the kingdom of God. They were responding to repentance. They believed John the Baptist. And John tells them, I'm just baptizing in water. In other words, I'm just helping people perform a symbolic act of repentance. But very soon, he says, right? The one coming after me, he is the one who truly forgives sins. A role that only the Son of God, Yeshua, our Messiah, could fulfill. Amen? Verse 27. He is the one who comes after me. The straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. So this emphasizes the uniqueness of Jesus Christ. He is here now. He always was here and he will always be here. That's what this tells us. This is speaking about how our Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus Christ is eternal. It speaks about his divinity. So over and over and over, John is trying to show the identity of Jesus Christ, Yeshua right here. Verse 28, last verse for today. This has all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. Now, they use the word Bethany here. Now, if you break down that word Beth, Beth in Hebrew means house or location. Now, it says, on the other side of the Jordan. Now, this is very important. Before the people of Israel were called the children of Israel, they were called Hebrews. Now, what does the word Hebrew mean? It means those that cross over. 
those that came from another place, but eventually came into the land of Canaan. They crossed over into the land. So what he's talking about here, and this is very, very important. He's saying, in other words, all of this is taking place. In other words, John the Baptist baptizing people, talking about the kingdom of God, talking about and speaking about and preaching about repentance, the message of repentance. This all took place at Bethany, which relates to the place of crossing over. Now, this is what I want you to see here, and this is what's so, so important. This is the message. Most New Testament scholars that understand the Hebrew language, when they're speaking about Jesus, the Messiah, Yeshua, being the means, they're saying this, Jesus is the means of crossing over into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of heaven. Amen? So I want you to understand how important what John is saying here. How important theologically, right, for us to understand the revelation of God, the purposes of God. And the purpose and the revelation of God is to create one thing, is to create a kingdom people for himself so we can honor, we can live, we can worship, and we can praise him forever and ever in the eternal kingdom of heaven. Amen. And that ends our lesson for today. We appreciate you guys turning in, tuning in. Hopefully you got something out this message right here. We want you to have a blessed and wonderful week. We love you guys. Until next week, God bless.